Hello, and welcome, fellow word nerds, to the first and probably only episode of Turtles from Tartarus. Words are fascinating, especially when their component parts are separated and explored to see how they create the words we know and use today. This podcast explores that, and this episode specifically will be about some favorite words and etymologies of myself and my guest. Speaking of which, my name is Marcy. I am an education major at the University of Vermont, specifically secondary ed, specifically, specifically, with a concentration in French. To me, I think words are so interesting. Just, well, for one thing, I'm going into words. I'm a teacher of language. But just the way that you can trace them throughout history, almost like genealogy, it's so cool. It's just all the little connections and just the way that they form meanings. It's rad, and I love it. And that's me, Marcy. My name is Henry. I'm a classical civilization major at the University of Vermont, which means I'm studying uh, Greek and Roman civilization. Um, That involves a lot of learning of Latin, which is one of the reasons why I've become so interested in words, because a lot of the words in the English and also other Romance languages uh, come from Latin. So see if you can spot some Latin words in the words that I'm going to be talking about today. Spoiler alert, it's all of them. (laughs) Um, yeah, so... Let's get started. So, this is how it's gonna go. Henry and I will be taking turns sharing the words that we've all chosen because we think they're really cool. They're some of our favorites, and we hope you like them too. So, first we'll state the word, and then the definition, either one we got off of Merriam-Webster, or one we came up with on our own. Then we'll sort of give the etymology of that word and explain why we find that word really cool. So I'm going to go first, and my word is turtle. Can you, does does that word sound familiar? Is it, is it the name of this podcast? Oh yes. (laughs) Yes it is. And I chose it because I think its etymology is fascinating and hilarious. So, turtle. Definition. One of those cute little shelled animals that that just swim, but they're semi-aquatic so they can also walk. They're great. I love them. They're my favorite. They're one of my favorite animals. Um, anyway, their etymology is from English tortoise and French tortue, which in turn are from the Latin tortuca, which itself is maybe possibly from Greek tartarukos. Uh, just an FYI, I would like to apologize for any mm, awful pronunciations that may occur in this podcast. I am not a Latin or a Greek student. I have every excuse to mangle these words. Anyway, I think this word is so cool because tartarukos means holder of Tartarus, because people in ancient Greece thought these adorable little turtles came from the depths of hell. It makes no sense, and it's wonderful, and it's hilarious, and I love it. (laughs) So that's the first word. Henry, your turn. Okay, the first word that I brought is translate, which is a word that everyone should know. Basically means to take a word and change it from one language to another. Pretty straightforward stuff. The etymology of it is really interesting, though. So it's a combination of two words. One is the Latin preposition trans, which means through. And the second is also a Latin word. It's latum, which comes from the verb ferro ferre, which means to carry. So basically, translate means carry through. 
And the idea behind it is that you're taking a word from one language and carrying it through into another one, which I thought was a really interesting idea. And it was also a use for the fourth principle part of carry, which is, in other situations, completely worthless. So that was nice. It's always nice to give useless things an actual use. Um, so, next word. Sabotage. Uh, it has two definitions, again, gotten off of Merriam-Webster. One, destruction of an employer's property, such as tools and materials, or the hindering of manufacturing by disconnect- discontented workers. Or two, destructive or obstructive action carried on by a civilian or enemy agent to hinder a nation's war effort. Now, the etymology of sabotage is really interesting. This one is actually, it's a French, it's a French etymology. Uh, the first part of the word sabot, uh, comes from the French word for clog, which is, if you do not know, just it's just a wooden shoe. So what peasants would do then, they would shove their sabots in the gears of machinery or, like, whatever they were working with to just ruin it, because, as the definition stated, they were discontented workers. So sabotage is just, like, the word sabotage has taken on this entire new life outside of the wooden clogs that were originally used that it was originally applied to and i think that's really fascinating the next word that i have is decapitate which means to cut the head off of something or someone um this also is an interesting etymology in that it's a preposition and then a well it's a preposition and a noun instead of a preposition and a verb like the other two that i have um the preposition is de which means from and the noun is caput, which is Latin for head. Uh, so basically it means to take the head away from something. Charming. Um, Marcy thought this was interesting <laughs> because uh, the word caput sounds like the word caput, which is an American slang term for dead. <laughs> yeah, and you know, when you decapitate something, you make it dead. So you decapitate it. Bad puns. I love words. Truly amazing <laughs> linguist we've got going on here. Oh, yeah. I'm only aspiring. I have an excuse. <laughs> um, my final word is sesquipedalian. It's an adjective used to describe someone's word choice. Excuse me. Uh, specifically, uh, it me it's employed when one imbues one's language with an excess of grandiloquent vocabulary. Uh, that's a funny word for its etymology because it, like, it's different parts just in Latin mean a foot and a half long. So when you're calling somebody's language sesquipedalian, it means they're using words that are a foot and a half long. No hyperbole there. Trust me. I've measured. (laughs) The last word that I have is perfect, which is a fairly common word in English usage. Uh, it means entirely without fault or defect, or just something that's really, really good. Um, the etymology of this is also really interesting. It's a combination of a verb and a preposition in Latin. Um, it comes from the word per, which means through, and the verb facio, facere, feci, factum, um, which was corrupted into fect, which uh, made the second half of it perfect. Uh, Fakio means to do or to make, so it basically means made all the way through or seen all the way through, so if something is perfect, then you didn't, like, pull any punches in the course of making it, you saw it all the way through to the end and made sure that it was completely finished. It's cool.
Yeah, so those are our six favorite words for their etymologies. Now, whoever said it's wrong to pick favorites? Those were some of our favorites. I don't think there was anything wrong with them. Uh, I think it would be a good idea now, though, to just sort of, like, reflect on what we spoke about and what we have learned. Do you have anything you want to say? Um, well, one of the patterns that I noticed between a lot of the words, uh, especially the ones that I brought up, were that um, all of them have combinations, especially between a preposition and a verb a lot of the time. Um, oftentimes because people would be throwing the words together, even in original, like, Roman Latin, people would be doing this. Um, and then subsequently, after the fall of the Roman Empire, the language diverged into a bunch of different directions. Um, there are five that come directly from it, which are French, Romanian, Italian, Portuguese, and Spanish. Um, which, like, obviously they had their own language before that, but, uh, after the Roman Empire fell, Latin started developing in a bunch of different directions. Um, which is why you can see so much of this in so many different languages, at least until Charlemagne decided he wanted to standardize Latin, at which point things kind of went back to normal. I think you mean he wanted to standardize French, and if you don't mind, uh, je parle français, donc je peux parler about this as well. (laughs) Um, like what he was saying, uh, like what Henry, I mean, was saying with the way... No, not Charlemagne. Unfortunately, he cannot say anything anymore. He is long dead. Um, But with Latin sort of developing and mingling with the other languages, um, you can sort of see this transition from Latin into French when you're looking at really, really, really old texts. Like, for example, um, in my one French literature class I'm taking this semester, um, it's all this literature from the Middle Ages up through the Renaissance, and we started with La Chanson de Roland, and just how unfrench this French is is amazing. Like, I need a translation from French into French, and it's because the French used in La Chanson de Roland, it's so much closer to Latin than it is to modern French. And as we read more and more texts that get closer and closer to, like, the 17th, 18th centuries, you can just sort of see this progression of the French modernizing. And, you know, we go from La Chanson de Roland to a more slightly more Frenchy Rabelais to an even slightly more Frenchy Michel de Montaigne. And, you know, I didn't even really need a translation for Michel de Montaigne. It was just a whole lot closer to modern French, while still not quite being modern French. It was absolutely fascinating. It's really cool. And I think another remnant that Henry kind of touched on um, of Latin in French is what he was talking about when people, like, put a preposition, then stick it to another verb. When you look at the French word for future, that's avenir. And the two parts of that word are a, which means it's the preposition to, and then venir, which is the verb to come. And then it's like, whoa, the future, it's something to come. And it makes so much sense. It's absolutely mind-boggling, and these are the many reasons why I love language and linguistics. Hmm. It's so cool. And the words that we take apart in other languages can also sort of reveal more about our own language. If I'm just going to be allowed to ramble about this forever and ever. Um, If you have anything to say, please jump in and stop me. Um, On just 
other languages informing our own language, there's the word inevitable. It means, like, you know, it's just something's inevitable. It's bound to happen. Well, why does inevitable mean inevitable? The French verb uh, for avoid is éviter, which is, like, the same root. It's They share that root. I, it's probably a Latin root. I don't know. Don't speak Latin. Never taken a Latin class. Please help. If you have knowledge, enlighten us all. It's probably like edit or something. I don't know. There is nothing that comes to mind specifically for that. But actually, when you were talking about the verb future earlier, um, the word future in English, at least, actually comes from the fourth principle part of the verb essay, which means to be. Uh, the word was futurus, which means, uh, like, was, essentially, or had been at the, at some time. Um, learning Latin, you hear stuff like this all the time. Uh, the phrase ampersand, for instance, the little, like, everyone knows it. The symbol like, that means and. Yeah, that. It's like a, it's like a loop with, it's a, whew, it's a little loop on top and then a big loop on the bottom and on the right side it's got two little tails that are your start and end points. Yes. Originally it was an E and a T, which is the French word. It's the French word for and. It's also a Latin word for and, but like, fun thing, the E and the T sort of smushed together. It's called a ligature. Um, and it's used in typing and like typefaces and stuff, and I'm sorry I really had to interject there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was the French word for and, and also the Latin word for and, and it originally came from uh, French that was coming from Latin. Uh, it was a, the word en person uh, is French, obviously, uh, and it comes from the Latin phrase et per se et, which means et, which means and, like, meaning itself and. So that ampersand, absolutely fascinating. There's just so many lovely ways to unpack languages in the context of other languages. And if we had forever, we could do it forever. But alas, forever is unattainable. So, next question. (laughs) Which of the words that we discussed did you find uh, the most interesting? I actually thought sabotage was one of the more interesting ones. Um... It's a word that I had heard for a while, obviously, and um, the etymology was something I was vaguely aware of, but not super into. But the fact that sabo initially meant a small wooden shoe that was then thrown into machines to destroy them, it's just, that's like something that you remember after you hear it, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. My dad has actually been repeating that one for ages like it's one i remember from a little kid because it's really one it's simple but it's fascinating so it really does stick with you another one uh that he always told my brother and i like on long car rides was the origin for vandalize and it's just sort of comes from the really brutal behavior of the vandals when they sacked rome which is also fascinating because when you vandalize something today uh it means you absolutely destroy it it's cool. It's like, and not even just absolutely destroyed. It has that connotation of like purposeful destruction, which is, I'm sure, what the vandals meant to do to Rome as well, which is neat. Yeah. There's a lot of really neat words out there, and it's just, I wanna, I wanna know and learn them all. 
What was your favorite word of the ones that we discussed today? Hmm, that's a good question. I really like decapitate <laughs> because, I don't know, it was just, like, it was the only word where the cool part about its etymology was just something kind of non-existent, which I guess kind of shows where linguists might go wrong when they're tracing words back, but it's still a funny connection between however you pronounce it in Latin and then kaput. <laughs> Caput? Caput. Caput. And caput, yeah. Um, I think it's it's just, it was just funny. Maybe a little punny, but definitely funny. Hmm. All right, that's all we have for you today. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode of Turtles from Tartarus. If you like the words we use and have some linguophile friends, please be sure to share this podcast with them. Well, I said in the beginning, this probably will be the only episode. It just depends on how many listens I end up getting. So if you want to hear more, then I will make more. And if not, then I won't. Thank you and have a wonderful word-filled day. Bye. Bye.